The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Ball DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Mike Apatria, and I am flying solo for this Tuesday, March 3rd card that we have on our hands. Uh, pretty good slate looking like overall. Nice seven-game card right in the middle. Not too, not too many, not too little. Uh, Going to have a fun time breaking this one down. Always love coming on these, these Tuesday shows after having a few days off over the weekend. Uh, kind of veg out, relax. Now it's time to jump back into gear, break down these slates, find us some winners, and make some money. So... Looking forward to it, but before we do anything, you guys know how this goes. Just a quick shout out to our presenting sponsor, MyBookie.ag. If you haven't already checked these guys out and you're doing any sort of sports gambling or betting, you're not doing it right, guys. Check them out. Use promo code TODAY, T-O-D-A-Y, and you get a 50% match on your deposit on up to $2,000. So you put in two grand, they give you a free thousand dollars to play with. You can do whatever you may with that, whether it's golf, baseball, basketball, XFL, so many things you can you can mess with. They even have other things like cards over there, uh, parlay bets, over unders, you name it. Uh, plenty of ways to have fun, and what more fun than playing with house money? So check them out. And you guys already know what it is. Uh, it's early in the morning. I got the Hawaiian Isles in my cup. No doubt about it. This, this podcast got recorded about 6, 6.30 a.m. right now. So uh, this thing's full to the top. By the time this show is done, it will be empty, and I'll be making another cup following right after that, guys. This is the blood in my veins. Um, so please check out HawaiianIsles.com, or you can just go on Amazon, search Hawaiian Isles, go into coffee, and you can get that shipped by the drone with a pretty gold clip immediately. So... That is that is the deal. We'll just touch on last night's card just uh, ever so slightly right now. Uh, pretty interesting slate overall. Um, you know, I, I, as you guys know, I'm also playing a little bit over there at DFS Coach Talk, doing working for multiple sites right now. Got multiple uh, multiple websites I'm playing on right now. So I didn't do too well on DraftKings last night. Did well in FanDuel. So, uh, you know, when I say didn't do well in DraftKings, I didn't cash. I was very, very close, maybe a player two off. Uh, but I, I ended up managing uh, to make my money back in some FanDuel last night and then some, uh, mostly mostly on those single entry contests. So that's a big thing that we, uh, you know, I always touch on. It's make sure you're in the right contest, know the field you're playing in, know your bankroll, a lot of the management. All this stuff matters because, listen, there's no point to run out into a $150 or 150 max entry uh, GPP kind of contest if you don't plan on throwing a ton of entries in that thing. Otherwise, you're just kind of shooting yourself in the foot. So, uh, if you're looking for those big wins, but you're not looking to enter big, you know, entries, max entries or anything like that, just go check out all these single entry contests. I highly recommend it. Uh, excellent for building your bankroll. Really makes a massive difference. So um, my, my card last night, though, you know, the guys that stood out on it, you know, I had a lot of Vucevic. My, it's a too cheap. Too, too cheap for it. I went Trey Lyles and Kleber over there on FanDuel. Both guys put up at least 30, uh, 35 DK points. They had some decent ownership with them. It wasn't like I was getting them at a next-to-nothing ownership, uh, but it was just value you couldn't necessarily pass up. I mean, 
both these guys stepping into a good role. Kristaps Porzingis was expected to sit out, and he rested. So Kleber go drew that start, and we have, anytime we know Kristaps is out, the rebounds just trickle to Kleber's way. And with the way that the Spurs front court has been so battered, Trey Lyles is basically getting forced into big minutes at this point. Otherwise, they got to play Drew Eubanks, who I hope no one bit on that uh, too much. Now keep an eye on that. We know how Pop is. You know, one minute the guy plays 16 minutes, does nothing for us. Next night he's playing 30 something. Do I think that's going to happen tonight? Not necessarily. Probably won't even go to him, but it's just something to keep an eye out and monitor. All right. Touched on it a little bit. We're going to jump right into the card, guys. I'm going to be motoring through this. Like I said, solo shows generally go pretty quickly. So we have the Charlotte, uh, Charlotte Hornets taking on uh, the San Antonio Spurs. This game's going to be played in Charlotte as of right now. There has been no game total release, but San Antonio is being favored by two. Uh, as far as the injuries are concerned, we have a few of them that we're going to have to talk about uh, and deal with over here. So uh, the first one being Devontae Graham is being considered doubtful at this point due to left ankle soreness. Uh, Dwayne Bacon's ruled out. Malik Monk still under league suspension being ruled out. And so is Kobe Simmons. All three ruled out for the Spurs. Nothing has yet been released. But as we can imagine, uh, Marcus Aldridge. Mm, questionable, but more likely uh, to sit than not. Jakob Pertl dealing with MCL sprain. He should still be out as well, and those are the major ones that we need to be concerned with. So we'll start with the away team over here, the Charlotte side of the ball. Uh, yeah, I mean, without Devontae Graham, we got to imagine some decent uh, you know, minutes and usage gets spread, amount, uh, spread around amongst the guards. There's not a ton of guards to choose from, and that's the issue that we have. So Obviously, Terry Rozier comes in as, as the top option probably on this team. On DK, 6,100. Uh, we already know the kind of usage and shot attempts he generally sees when he's when uh, when Graham's out. He's just going to be the primary ball handler and facilitator at this point. He basically won't ever have to play off ball for this entire game. Uh, Spurs' defense is nothing to shy away from. Their pace has been okay this season, right about the middle of the road. So I do think this is a spot that we could target Rozier, but I also do expect some ownership to be garnered his way, uh, even on a seven-game slate, just knowing that when Graham's out, uh, he drew some pretty decent ownership the last time this happened and let a lot of people down. But uh, probably more GPP viable than cash game, just because we know with Rozier there's always some inherent risk involved. He's not the cheapest, 6,100. You know, you're looking for 30 for that 5X. So um, I will have a little bit of interest in him. Won't be going too crazy just because, like I said, um, I've been burned by him plenty of times in the past, and it's not a fun feeling. So now, who's going to step up in place for Devontae Graham? There's a few options that we have here. Cody Martin's been playing some decent minutes around that mid-20s range. I expect him to see some. And then also Jalen McDaniels. This is a guy that, uh, you know, two out of the past three games, he's played at least 22 minutes. He's small forward and power forward eligible, but we'd imagine that between uh, Cody Martin uh, McDaniels and Batum, that these are the guys that kind of all get the little increase in minutes. Batum's minimum salary on most sites. I expect him to draw the start at shooting guard. We'll have to see. He becomes a fine play. Um, you know, if you, if you need the value, don't go out there and just throw him in there because he's 3K. Make sure it makes sense and that you're getting all the other pieces that you like and you're not just spending up on players just because you have the extra money because you played Batum. That's the one thing I always re would recommend is make sure that it actually fits your lineup and that you're constructing it in a way where you feel confident with every player in there, not just that Nick Batum at 3K is going to hit value because I, I do believe he'll hit value at 3K. I don't think he's going to light the world on fire. They'll go out there and score us 40 DK points. Um, I could see somewhere around 22 to 23, but he also still has that floor of like 15, 16. So there's a lot of inherent risk that can be baked into Nick Batum. And I expect this team to continue to just basically uh, DMPCD Cody Zeller and give most of those minutes over there uh, at, in the front court to Bismack and Willie Hernan Gomez. 
Uh, these guys are pretty much chopping it up. If I had to pick one of them right now to be my, you know, the more my favorite play, I, I guess it would be Biombo, just knowing um, that he can get it done on the defensive end. Decent rebounder as well. We're generally looking at close to a double-double whenever he's playing about 25 to 28 minutes. Uh, two out of the past three games, he's played at least 27. Uh, and in two of those three games, he scored at least 32 DK points. So he's a fine play at 4,300. Center eligible, so we'd have to use one of our center positions unless we're playing over there on DK where you can throw in at utility, so maybe he's more viable on DK, because we're going to get to a few centers in a little while that uh, definitely piqued my interest. So, But uh, Biombo, definitely my top option in the front court. I wouldn't mind P.J. Washington, but again, this isn't a game I'm trying to overexpose myself to. If you wanted to get like a one-off because of this Rozier news, I don't mind that. Uh, excuse me, taking a sip of the wine aisles. Let's slide over to the other side of the wall. Spurs, LaMarcus Aldridge, I already talked about him. Uh, he's expected to remain out for Tuesday, still dealing with that shoulder soreness. I expect Jakob Pertl to be back out. So what does that mean? That means that we should see big minutes from Trey Lyles once again. Played 37 in the last game, 40 in the game prior to that. Uh, in those two games, he scored at least 35 DK points. His matchup does not scare me off. Charlotte's been pretty putrid against front courts all season long. I mean, now that we're seeing a little bit more Bismack Biombo, maybe the matchup's slightly better than when Cody Zeller's in there, but it's still nothing to scare me off. I think Trey Lyles is a fine play. The, he warrants the price boost. Uh, and then my next top options, obviously, uh, it's, it's got to be DeMar DeRozan. I mean, without Aldridge in the lineup, his usage just skyrockets. Down game in the last one against the Pacers. That no, comes at no surprise, though. The Pacers play very good defense. Uh, but the thing that intrigues me with DeRozan is the assists. Past three games, the assists have been up 7, 9, and 9. So once I see that facilitating, that ball handling is coming back for him, and he's kind of taking on a little bit more of the passive role, um, I like that because I know DeRozan, nine times out of ten, is still going to get a shot attempts, and there's really nobody on this Charlotte team that can really D him up at this point. As you heard Giannis say, their best defender was Marvin Williams, so uh, we don't need to worry about them actually having any good defenders anymore. So those are the only two options I'm really interested in. Uh, if you want to take a shot on a guy like Rudy Gay, I won't knock you, but he's a he's a you know, very volatile player. We saw him have a down one uh, you know, with his injury history and him being a veteran. It's, it's really tough to rely on him playing 35-plus minutes. Pop basically has to be forced into doing it. Um, I'd be shocked if, if he gets up there. So we'll keep it going to the next game. We have the Brooklyn Nets uh, traveling to Boston to take on the Celtics. There's no game total for this one yet to be released. Boston's being favored by 7.5 points despite multiple injuries right now. So... Kemba Walker is expected to return back to the lineup. He is probable from his left knee soreness. He had that thing drained, I think, about a week, week and a half ago. Uh, not expected to play a full complement in minutes, though, so he's going to be limited. Uh, that takes him directly out of my player pool. I, I need to know that he's getting the minutes. And then we have Marcus Smart and Jason Tatum are both being considered questionable with an illness. So there's something traveling around this locker room uh, to make these guys sick. And obviously, if one or if both of those guys are out, that creates a fair amount of interest for some of these other guys that we know the target. Your Jalen Browns, your Gordon Haywards. Uh, on the net side of the ball, uh, no real news other than uh, Garrett Temple is being considered questionable with a right shoulder sprain. So um, Kyrie Irving, we already know, is out. So a little bit of news to monitor on the wings as far as the guys over there in Brooklyn. Uh, but overall, not too many injuries that we need to be concerned with. So 
We'll start with the Brooklyn side of the ball, the away team. Uh, Karis LeVert, back down to earth, price tag, uh, great, you know, dipping from that 82 to 8,300 range after two down games where, uh, you know, he shot 35 and 41%. Teams may be starting to hone in on him a little bit more after he just started lighting it up for, I think it was like a five game stretch. So, um, you know, tough matchup when we talk about Boston, them being very good at defending the wings. Obviously, if Marcus Smart's out, that gives a little bit of a boost to, you know, these guys that we'd normally, you know, worry about. Uh, as far as Dinwiddie, um, I like Dinwiddie. I think Dinwiddie's going to continue to be my play over Levert. You know, unless that price tag discrepancy just uh, is vastly different, I just like that floor I get with Dinwiddie. I pretty much know I'm getting 33 to 34 DK points at most times, and he's got that 49 to 50 point upside like we've seen over the past two games, where he dropped uh, you know at least 24 points and 12 assists in both of those games. So uh, I think he's my top option when we're looking at Brooklyn. I mean, these are two teams that we know have very, very weak front courts. Now, we know that neither team has a very, very dominant center as well. So that kind of, uh, you know, impacts as well. I expect, you know, for the Nets, DeAndre Jordan, Jared Allen, these guys are going to basically continue to divvy up these minutes. Uh, Jared Allen is my favorite of the options. I mean, he's played well in this matchup before. He's the rim protector. He's long. He could challenge a lot of these young guys at the rim. I think at two games this season uh, that, that the Nets and Celtics have played, uh, Allen's averaged about 27 minutes in those games, and it's turned into just about 38 DK points on 15.5 points, 12.5 rebounds, getting a block in that game as well. So uh, he's a viable option. Um, you know, am I going to go overboard on him? No, but I don't expect him to draw a lot of ownership. 5K, fair price tag, uh, more of a DK play, or if you're really playing you know, multiple lineups on GPPs and you want to take a stop but, or a stab at him, I don't mind it. But for me, it's mostly going to be Dinwiddie, and if I had to pick a second option, I'd be looking at uh, a little bit of Jared Allen. Um, that's probably about it. I mean, you can expect Joe Harris and his guys maybe to get a few more shot attempts at Temple out, but that's nothing that's enticing me too much. And then over there on the Boston side of the ball, I already touched on it. I'm not really playing Kemba Walker until I see his minutes uh, increases back up. Uh, Jalen Brown, excellent play, 7,100. Really like Jalen Brown in this matchup, especially if we get the news that Marcus Smart and or Tatum are sitting. We just know the kind of usage that he's going to garner. Uh, and, you know, same thing can be said with Gordon Hayward. I wouldn't mind looking at Hayward. He's been playing big minutes as of late. Uh, three out of the past four games, he has at least 36 minutes. and two of those, he's played 41. So those would be my two top options. It should be most people's two top options. Uh, I'm not paying that price tag for Tatum, even if he does play almost up to 10K now. And listen, I get it. You deserve it. Dude's been balling out. Should win Eastern Conference Player of the Month. Not going to argue with that. It's just a tough ask. Uh, to pay 10k when we get so many other guys up in that range that we've seen get that 70 point upside necessarily so uh and then the other guy Thies, you always hear me say it centers versus brooklyn is a thing uh and at you know they've been trusting Thies. 39 minutes against houston uh at least 31 minutes in two out of the past four games looks like he's really took grips on that center job due to his defense so i, I do have some modest interest in him at 5500 and it's solely because it's a center going against brooklyn all right, guys, we will keep this moving. We have the next game, Los Angeles Clippers traveling to OKC to take on the Thunder. This one does have a spread, and it does have a game total. So the game total is 226 over under, and then we have the Clippers being favored by 2.5. So no surprise there. Clippers, very good team. As far as injuries, there's really nothing we need to worry about. Darius Baisley's out. Andre Oberson's out. Those guys have been out. Uh, and the Clippers, just Jonathan Motley, Terrence Mann, uh, are out. So both in the G League, not even out. But 
Nothing really to know, uh, to monitor as far as the injury news. We should have everybody in this game. Kawhi Leonard, 9,200. We'll start at the top with the Clippers. It's a fair price tag. Uh, you know, I really I really like Leonard in this matchup. I just don't see anybody that they have that can actually contain or stop him. Uh, when we compare him to some of the other more expensive guys on the slate, uh, he's, he's fair priced. I mean, there's a lot of games on this slate that we're going to get to that have just these insane, uh, insane spreads. Uh, you know, 13, 14, 15 points, whatever it may be. And it's hard to pay up for a guy that's over 10K in those kinds of games when you don't have the confidence that he's going to play all four quarters. So that's where Kawhi Leonard kind of falls in for me. So if you're depending on how you're game scripting some of these games, you know, you know, looking at that Denver Golden State game, if you think Denver is just going to mop the floor with them, then I'd much rather pay the 9,200 for Kawhi Leonard than I would Jokic. You know, yeah, obviously Jokic I think is in the better matchup can do more damage I just don't have the confidence that we'd get all four quarters out of Jokic and the same thing could be said for LeBron James 11-4 uh, going against Philly Philly just with nobody at this point uh, living off of Tobias Harris Al Horford it's Shake Milton uh, yes they just played extremely well against this Clippers team so I'm not going to take anything away uh, I just don't know if Shake Milton's going to come out here for another career high uh, and just light the world on fire and that's kind of what helped keep him in that game so <clears throat> excuse me uh, other than that, other than looking at Kawhi Leonard, I think, you know, Paul George, he's a fine option. The minutes have still been pretty much limited. The, he just played 30 against Philly. That's the most that he's really played uh, over the past. I think it was since, like, February 3rd when he played the Spurs. So he's definitely an option. I think he's underpriced at 7,100. Am I going to go overboard on him? Um, maybe if I'm, maybe I'll play George if I wanted to run it back with some options on the other side. Uh, other than that, it's going to be mostly Kawhi Leonard for me, and then I'm going to be looking at Lou Williams coming off the bench. I just like what he's been doing lately. George has actually been firing this guy up. 33 points uh, against Denver, DK points against Denver, and then 40 against Philly in that last one. So he's been playing well. The shot attempts have been there 12 over the past two games. Assists have been there over the past two games. He's a fine option, 5,900. More of a GPP than a cash game. Uh, I just, you know, I, I, I basically, when I look at Lou Williams, I know I'm either getting 25 or 40. Uh, and that's kind of that's kind of the approach I'm taking on this one. I uh, won't be going to too many guys like uh, Marcus Morris Sr. Uh, he's a guy that I generally like to pick on if I know Leonard or George, one or the other, are out. And uh, not really touching Beverly with Reggie Jackson. These are guys I like to look at when it's like a two-game slate or showdown slate. I just don't. Especially at their price tags now. I mean, uh, you're getting a decent one on Beverly at 3700 but Jackson up to 4500 now. Uh, I just don't see the upside of that play. Yeah, he might have a pretty safe floor, and he can do good, do well, 25 points, but that's not going to win me a tournament, so I don't really have much interest in that. Uh, on the OKC side of the ball, things are going to be a little bit different. I mean, we have a couple revenge narratives here with a few of these guys. Chris Paul going back to L.A., uh, well, actually, this, this game's in OKC. I apologize. So Chris Paul taking on his former team. Same thing could be said for Shea Gilgis. Same thing could be said for uh, Danilo Gallinari. There's, there's, so, there's a lot of revenge going on in this game. How much do they actually care? I don't know. But uh, my top options, uh, Chris Paul has got to be up there. I mean, it's just it's Chris Paul. He's been playing so much better ever since uh, that All-Star break. He's really kind of honed in. Uh, but playing pretty big minutes as well. And that's the one thing that, you know, we got to be concerned with. Only played 27 against Milwaukee. Don't worry about that. The team lost by almost 50 actual points. So uh, if the game stays close, I can imagine him playing at least 32 minutes. And when that happens, we could pretty much lock in 5x value for him. Are we going to get 6 to 7x out of him at that price tag? Probably not. But he's a very, very fair cash play. Probably not a guy I'm going to necessarily in tournaments. So. And then uh, behind that, I'd be looking at a little bit of Dennis Schroeder. Uh, anytime I'm looking at Paul, I always consider Schroeder another another rock solid option, just because uh, you know you're getting good shot attempts out of him out of close games, and they're going to need his score. So 
played 30 minutes in two games going against the Clippers this season. He's averaging about 33 DK points. That's a solid 5x return on him. Uh, don't mind that. Again, uh, he's probably more of a tournament player than a cash play, though, so the complete opposite as a Chris Paul. Uh, but both guys are fine options and make a lot of sense if you're getting any exposure to this Clippers side of the ball. And then we can't forget my boy, Steven Adams. I mean, this guy has just been tormenting interiors as of late. You know, take away the one game against Milwaukee. Okay game against Sacramento. The rebounds really weren't there. Only had seven rebounds, but he shot seven to nine. And that's the thing I want to talk about is his field goal percentage. Uh, over the past four games, he's shooting 80%, 78%, 75%, 76%, 500, and 500 so he's just been cooking. We know the Clippers are pretty poor against centers. It's their one-week spot. Adams has already been owning this team all season long. He's averaging 42 DK points in less than 30 minutes across two games. Uh, I definitely have a ton of interest in Stephen Adams in cash and tournaments. Probably my favorite option on the OKC side, followed by Paul and then Schroeder. So that's the approach I'm taking to that one. Won't be playing too much Shea or Delnilo Gallinari, but uh, not necessarily bad plays. I just think I like the other guys a little bit more. All right, guys, moving on to the fourth game. We have the Minnesota Timberwolves traveling to New Orleans to take on the Hornets. And this is the game of the night. This is the one that we're going to want some exposure to. Uh, you'll hear why in just one second. A 247.5 over under in this game. That might be the highest I've seen on the year, possibly. I, I, I can't remember. If you've seen one or can remember one that's a little higher than that, just send me a little tweet or something. Uh, and I, I'm going to go look up that game and kind of see how that one went. But 10.5 points spread, New Orleans being favored, should be a lot of fantasy love and action in this game. Uh, the, you know, and the, but the real, the real question is where are we going? Because there's so many good options on both teams. Any one of these guys can be considered a good play, and you're not going to hear an argument from me on that. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, 9K. That's a little too expensive for me, though. Uh, you know, I imagine he'll either be getting a combination of Drew Holiday, Lonzo Ball defense. Drew Holiday is one person I never like to pick on. So uh, for that reason, I, I don't think I'll be going to Russell. I expect that he draws the tougher match with Drew Holiday. Lonzo probably goes on Malik Beasley. So Beasley would probably be my favorite of those two options. Both guys are very good defenders. Uh, you know, but the shot attempts continue to be there for Beasley. He's, you know, poor shooting over the past two games, but 15, 18, 14, 20 shot attempts. Uh, even when he's shooting 33%, he's still putting up 23, 24 DK points. One would imagine if he shoots closer to like a 48, 50%, just has a nice shooting stroke night, we're looking at 40 or 35. And that's evident against Miami when he shot 7 of 14, uh, put up 21 DK points. Great matchup, great pace, a lot of things bowing well. For Beasley in this one, not a safe cash game play though. He's a GPP type of guy. Uh, and then we got to look at the front court. I mean, Hernan Gomez, Nasri, James Johnson. James Johnson coming off of just uh, what was a horrific game. Uh, struggled mightily. Only played 24 minutes, put up 11 DK points, shot two of four. So that's kind of that floor that we that we haven't seen from James Johnson. It's just another quick reminder that it's there. Uh, I do like him in this spot. I think, you know, targeting him coming off of a down game while other people are going to be chasing the Hernan Gomez uh, is the way that, you know, that might break down. We're getting him at a slight discount, $700 cheaper than Hernan Gomez. Um, and he's a little bit more versatile. When you're talking about the guys that they're going to be going against, they're going to be going against Zion, athletic monster who's got speed, quickness, everything else going towards him. You're going to look for that lanky defender, I'm hoping, uh, to kind of protect the paint a little bit against him. So I think that James Johnson, uh, Nas Reed, both those guys very much in play. Both of them, uh, you know, solid solid 5X return most likely in this spot with a little bit of upside for 
more. We, we, we've seen more out of both these guys. Uh, I don't really prefer Nas Reed that much. He's an option I'm keeping in my player pool. Will I end up getting to him? Probably not because he's a center. Uh, I already talked about probably about three centers on this slate I'd rather play than him. And those aren't even some of the top ones. Those are just like the middling tiered guys. So I, I, I don't think I see myself getting the Nas Reed, just trying to be honest here. Uh, it's probably mostly going to be like Malik Beasley, James Johnson. Maybe I sprinkle a little Hernan Gomez in there. And then on the uh, on the New Orleans side, uh, we got a ton of value. We got to talk about. I mean, Brandon Ingram uh, and Zion, two of my top options. Not even in this game on the slate. Both these guys, fair price tags, seventy seven and seventy eight hundred, just right next to each other. Uh, they both continue just to garner the most usage on the team. Both in fantastic matchups. I think I prefer Ingram in tournaments just because we've seen that 50 to 60 point ceiling from him before. We've yet to see that from Zion. Zion just seems like he's a steady catch play where we're getting that guaranteed, you know, four to five X out of him at that price tag. Looks like about 38 to 43 DK points. Uh, more than okay with getting some some shares of that. Those two guys, um, definitely worth like just kind of pivoting back and forth with. And then I, I want to talk about a little bit of Josh Hart. Um, only played 22 minutes in that last game against his former team. Tough matchup. This one is a way better matchup for him. Uh, with J.J. Redick out, I imagine those minutes stay at at least 22. Could get up towards the 26, 27, leaving a little upside. So 4,500. Actually, small forward eligible over there in DK, too. So it helps us fill a position that we're generally not too enticed with. Uh, I know I struggle trying to find some of these small forwards a lot. Uh, and then Josh Hart comes into play as one of my guys to help me fill that role. Um, Nicole Melly has been playing decent, 4K. I don't know if this is the matchup I want to target him in. It's it's a solid matchup, don't get me wrong. It's just I don't know if they'll need his size. They might try to play a little bit smaller if they could. Uh, he made sense in that last game going against LA, knowing that they're going to go big, guys getting into foul trouble, all those kinds of aspects come into play. So for me, just to recap real fast, on the uh, on the Minnesota side of the ball, uh, it's mostly just going to be you know Malik Beasley, uh, Hernan Gomez, James Johnson, Malik Beasley being my 1A play, uh, and then, you know, James Johnson, Hernan Gomez, uh, both being my, uh, you know, my 2A plays. Again, this game's going to be juicy. Lots of points will get scored. And then on the new side of the ball, Ingram and Zion, both, you know, neck and neck 1A. Ingram a little bit more preferred in tournaments, followed by a little bit of Josh Hart. I don't mind Lonzo Ball on this one. I didn't really touch on him. Uh, but he's just going to continue to ball out and put up these near triple doubles. I have no issues looking at him. Primarily playing point guard, he's a solid option as well. Probably won't be going to Holiday, Favors, or Melly. So three guys from each side I think are very much in play. All right, guys, uh, three games left. We're going to move on to the 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time game. We have Golden State uh, traveling to Denver to take on the Warriors. This one's one of those games I talked about, just a massive, massive spread. Denver being uh, favored by 15 points at the moment. There has yet to be a game total uh, released in this one. As far as injuries are concerned, Denver, uh, Paul Millsap, Noah Vonley, both questionable. Uh, while Ball Ball and Keita Bates-Diop are both out for them still. And on Golden State side of the ball, Kai Bowman, Steph Curry, uh, Clay Thompson, and Alan Smaljiak, Smaljiak, I'm sorry, all ruled out, while Kevon Looney, Draymond Green, uh, questionable, Draymond dealing with left knee soreness, Kevon Looney dealing with a left hip soreness, so... Uh, we kind of seen what these Warriors have been doing when these guys sit. I imagine that they probably just take another night off. It's a super tough matchup going against Denver. Not not a matchup I, I anticipate. They think they can even win. They know they're getting Curry back in the next couple of days. So, uh, you know, why not just whatever. 
get 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 the lottery pick while you could now because once Curry comes back, you guys might actually win a couple games. Uh, so I do have some interest in it, um, but it's not going to be in a lot of the top guys that we've been playing. So when it comes to you know Golden State, that's who we'll start with the away team traveling into Denver again. Let me just touch on that one more time. Not a good situation to be traveling into Denver. Uh, but I'm not going to be playing the guys like Wiggins or Chris. I just think it's tough. Uh, unless you're, you're, you're kind of scripting this out as though it's going to stay close and you're making sure you get some exposure over there on the Denver side, it's really tough to trust these guys. Uh, they're paying full price for Wiggins, 7600 Chris, decent price at 58 over there on DK. But both guys in a fairly tough matchup. Uh, I, I don't think I'll go to either one of those. You know, if if we get the news that Draymond's sitting and you know Kevon Looney's sitting, then I think that we could trust guys like Pascal to go out there and you know continue to play big minutes, continue to take a you know fair amount of shots. We'll see Toscano Anderson probably play in the high twenties. Mulder will probably play in the low thirties or high twenties. Um, I'd have more interest in these cards, like you know your guys like your Jordan Poole, your Toscano Anderson, and your Mikhail Mulder. Uh, I don't expect any of these guys to light the world on fire, but if you need the value and you're looking for a guy to get you 20 to 25 DK points to round out your lineup, I think all those guys make plenty of sense. You should still see fair minutes even if this game gets out of hand. They're part of that youth movement going forward where it's like, hey, might as well see what we have from these guys. Uh, and frankly, they don't have a lot of bodies. I, I mean, I, I know I said I don't like Chris and I don't like, I don't like Wiggins, but, you know, they basically are suiting up seven to eight guys on, on every night right now until, uh, you know, Draymond and, and Looney are able to return. So if those guys continue to be out, you know, some of these guys might be forced into 30-plus minutes. So that's where I'm just saying give me the value at the end of the day. I think that's, uh, you know, that's a spot I feel a little bit more comfortable spending on. Uh, over there on the Denver side of the ball, uh, you know, obviously if Millsap and Von there are both out, Jerry, Jeremy Grant comes back into play, should draw the start, played big minutes in that last one, 35. He's just a guy that we know can get it done in multiple ways. He doesn't need to score, but he's been scoring 16, 20, 29, 12 points over the past four games. Uh, you know, he can always do it in the blocks and, and steals department, especially on fan goal where those are a little bit more viable and valuable. Uh, he becomes a great play over there. Um, he'll be in my player pool. Uh, it's a great matchup. It's just, you know, how, how close does this game stay? Uh, with that being said, it's not like they have just like a ton of options sitting behind him just waiting to get thrown in. He's, he's pre- pretty much primarily the only uh, backup power forward unless they decide that they want to roll out like Michael Porter Jr. So that's the, you know, that's the other play. If you think this game gets out of hand, Michael Porter Jr. should probably see close to like 22, 24 minutes. He's a great point per minute player. Is he trusted? Is he, can you trust him now? Yeah, he's a GPP only play. You know, once you start game scripting, you know, talking blowouts, it's basketball, guys. NBA, anything can happen. How many times have we scripted a blowout and it just doesn't go that way, or vice versa? Uh, so, you know, proceed with caution with that. If you're playing multiple lineups, that's the only time I really recommend where you kind of take a stance on games like that. Uh, so. That's kind of my take on this. I think Jokic and Murray are both fantastic plays. Same thing with Barton. It's just, you know, how much run do we get out of these guys? I don't know. And then when we look over at a guy like Monte Morris, slowly been cutting into uh, into Barton's workload. I mean, this guy's been playing the minutes over the past few games, uh, 29, 22, 26, 31 minutes. So Morris might just step in and be our top option over here on Denver just because the minutes have been there and games have stayed close. Uh, he should be their primary backup point guard for when the game gets out of hand. So maybe he's locked into some fourth quarter run regardless. So I do have some interest in Monte Morris at 
at 4,500. I think him and Jerry and Grant would be my top options. If I don't, if I'm not afraid of this blowout, I'm not afraid to play Jokic and Murray either. Uh, but you know, as of construction, the way it's kind of you know forming right now for me, I'm more or less scripting this game to get out of hand. I just, I, I struggle to see. Uh, Golden State and the firepower if those guys sit out. So out of the news, uh, if they play, we could we could probably imagine that this spread lowers a little bit, maybe more to like 12 or 11 uh, if Draymond's in there. All right, guys, two games left. Before we go any further, though, just a quick shout-out again to our presenting sponsors, MyBookie.ag in Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee. Please go check them out. Use promo code TODAY over at MyBookie to get a 50% match on up to $2,000 of your deposit. Uh, and then if you're not, you know, check us out on Twitter. If you know, give us a quick follow. Uh, we appreciate it. You guys will get to see all of our little retweets. Uh, I try to go out there and get a lot of the beat writer news out as fast as possible. Very unbiased sources that you could really depend on when you when you want to know what's going on behind the scenes and practices, stuff like that. You also see me just drop a little bit of uh, tidbit, whether it's guys I like, guys I don't like. All worth it, guys. Please, uh, you can find me at Mike Apatria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. You can find Andrew Hansen at Language Olympic, L-A-N-G-U-A-G-E-O-L-Y-M-P-I-C. And you can find Miles at Miles6565. And then Coach over at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. Uh, that's the squad. Give us a follow and a rate and a review over on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, YouTube, you name it. We're everywhere, and we greatly appreciate it. It allows us to keep this content free, and it allows us to have fun doing it. So, um, you know, it's always that constructive criticism, a little learning piece. I love to check it out. Sometimes we, we see good things. Usually we see a lot of good things, so i got to give a shout-out to you guys. We appreciate the love and the support. It means a lot. And occasionally I see some constructive criticism that allows me to be a little bit better at what I'm doing. I can kind of focus on gauging this towards you guys because at the end of the day, if you guys aren't listening, what am I doing here? So we do appreciate you guys over there. All right, guys, last two games. We have the Toronto Raptors traveling to Phoenix to take on the Suns. This game should be a little bit uh, a little bit one of the more popular games, I guess you could say, on the night. No game total being released yet, but Toronto is being favored by three and a half points. So I'll start with the away team, the Toronto Raptors. Uh, they've been playing well. Siakam, Lowry, both these guys a little bit priced up. Both warrant the pricing, though. Uh, Siakam shot attempts over the past two games have just been absurd, 21 and 23, as opposed to the two games prior to that where he took 14 and 12. So which Siakam we get is going to be, you know, it's going to determine how much I want him. I'm not going to know those shots until the game starts, but it looks like he's in a trend. He's been shooting bad in those past two games, and he's still just chucking. So, um, you know, if you have the money, I don't mind Siakam. He might be a little bit more viable on a site like FanDuel where he's a little cheaper and small forward eligible. Uh, Kyle Lowry uh, in play. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. I didn't even lead off with the injury, so I do apologize because there are some major news that we need to keep an eye on, especially on this Raptors side of the ball. Van Vliet and Serge Ibaka both questionable because Saul has been ruled out, so... That's been the the injury news that we've been dealing with for the past few few games, and we've kind of already seen how that uh, the minutes and usage are being spread out amongst the other guys. So now I'll jump right back into this. So that that immediately again, uh, if Van Vliet sits, Norman Powell jumps right into play. I have no issues looking at him, uh, fifty seven hundred. But the shot attempts seventeen and nineteen over the past two games scored at least twenty nine DK points and thirty four in the other one in those games. So he looks like a solid five X return with a little room for more. Rondé Hollis Jefferson's been starting center. Started against Jokic, and you know while he did get abused in 25 minutes, he still returned value uh, on his on his price tag of 4,300. 
Um, I, I'll look at him. I'm not in love with him. I don't think it's the greatest matchup, but I think it's a rock solid one if those guys were out. And if you know, I round up my lineup, I don't mind it. I'm probably not going to go to him and start my lineups with him. But if I'm looking at like my forward or my utility spot left, I got 47, 4,600. He makes sense in that kind of scenario. Uh, and that's probably about it. So Siakam on FanDuel. I think Lowry's in play on both sides. I think uh, Powell's in play on both sides. And Hollis Jefferson's in play if you need to make it work. Uh, I'm not going to be chasing that OG game. You guys, uh, you know, the, the steals over the past two games. If you think you can get seven and six steals a night, this guy's going to be in the Hall of Fame very soon. Um, you know, it just kind of seems like it's a little hard to predict at this point. Uh, but seven and six, I feel pretty comfortable saying he's not going to get again. So I'll leave that. Somebody else could pay the $6,500 price tag on him. I'm okay with that. Uh, on the Phoenix side of the ball, now we have uh, we have some love here. We gotta have some love. This is gonna be a game that we want to target. Uh, DeAndre Ayton should be in a splendid matchup if we see Nobabaka and uh, you know No Gasol. Gasol already rolled out. I expect uh, I expect Ayton to kind of just have his way, like we just joked the other night, just tooling Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Aiton should be able to do the same thing, 8400 uh, more than a fair price tag. The thing I love about over about uh, him on DK is that he's power forward eligible. So when we talk about Pascal Siakam and DeAndre Aiton, very similar price tags, I think I actually prefer to play Aiton. Uh, allows me to get some exposure other uh, in other spots, but hey, you can mix and match. That's the beauty of building multiple lineups. I like both these guys. Um, you know, that's kind of why I said Siakam maybe a little bit more on FanDuel, where it's only center eligible. Uh, and then the other guys, obviously Devin Booker. He's a, you always got to talk about him. You can't talk about the Phoenix Suns without mentioning him. Uh, he's been playing fairly fairly well. It's been up and down over the past uh, four games. Two of the games in which he has more than 44 DK points. The other two games, he has less than 29. But the one thing that has been consistent has been the minutes. 38, 40, 39, 34. At least 16 shot attempts throughout those games. And it's just pretty easy to see. When he's shooting well, he's getting you more than 40. When he's shooting poor, he's getting you less than 30. Um, Raptors are a pretty tough defensive matchup overall. Pace should be right in the middle of the road. Fair game. Uh, I prefer Aiton over Booker, but I'm not going to eliminate Booker quite yet from my player pool. Uh, Miles Bridges, Dario Sarge, these guys five, around that 5K range, they're in play. Uh, maybe not as much in GPPs as it was, ca- as I would say, in cash. I just don't expect them to have that tremendous upside, especially in this matchup where when you're paying 5K, you're really looking for that 35 or 40 potentially if you want to take down a 40,000 you know, entry GPP. So that's the approach I'm taking at them. Uh, Rubio, fair play. Uh, he plays well in this matchup. It's just, will he get the minutes? When he's playing more than 30 minutes, we can pretty much guarantee at least 35 TK points, it feels like. him. He got 37 in this matchup earlier in the season, and, and that was only in 27 and a half when he was kind of hobbled. I think it was going into the All-Star break. So he had all that rest. He's back out. Uh, and now I think uh, he's been playing big minutes. So Rubio would probably be my second-tier option next to Aiton. I would probably rank them Aiton, Rubio, Booker in that order uh, as far as GPPs and then not a ton of interest in those other guys in GPPs, but I think they are viable cash game plays. All right, guys, we have one. Oh, I'm sorry, two games left. Here I am. The Washington Wizards traveling to Sacramento to take on the Kangs. Uh, there's a pretty high total in this one, not as high as that uh, New Orleans and uh, Minnesota game. But it's a two thirty three and a half, or I'm sorry, two thirty three, uh, no and a half game total with Sacramento being favored by five points. Uh, as far as injuries are concerned, we have a few that we need to monitor. Uh, 
Corey Joseph is questionable. We have De'Aaron Fox is being listed as probable. Rashawn Holmes continues to be out with Marvin Bagley. Kyle Guy got sent back down to the G League because they know that De'Aaron Fox is playing. They, they called them up when they thought Fox and Joseph might possibly sit. And then over there on the Wizards side of the ball, it's uh, nothing really new that we need to talk about. Gary, uh, Garrison Matthews, Admiral Schofield, John Wall, and Jonathan Williams all out of this game. All right, guys. Where do we start? We'll start with the Washington side, the away, the away team in this one. Uh, fantastic matchup. Uh, Bradley Beal paying for him right now, 10-4. I mean, when we when we start eliminating guys out of this player pool, whether it's because we think we're afraid of blowout or whatever it may be, we got to keep Beal's, Beal's name in this in this list. I mean, he's just been balling out. It's bottom line. It's it's tough to ignore. 60, 70, 50, and 61 DK points over his past four games. Uh, unbelievable average. I mean, we talked about the last six games. He's averaging 58. That's paying 5X on that 10-4 price tag. Uh, you always hear me talk about it. Shooting guards versus the Kings is the thing I like to target. Uh, he actually didn't play that well in this game prior, though. 35.5 DK points early in the season in 41 minutes, so it's less than a point per minute. So that's a little nervous. But I'm, I'm willing to just throw that out there and keep him in my player pool for the sheer fact of how well he's been playing and the matchup. Uh, if this was a matchup going against maybe like another team, Utah or one of those guys, maybe I'd say no. To pay that price tag, but Sacramento's been putrid on defense. Their their interior is pretty weak. Uh, you know the fact that they brought over Napier makes Beal primarily play shooting guard. I believe when these two teams played early in the season, uh, the team did not have Napier, so that's when we were kind of seeing Beal do a lot more of that facilitating and ball handling uh, and taking him away from. I, I want the guy that's going to get the spot up three point shot after you know uh, point guard collapses the defense and Napier drives in. Uh, that's the guy that's generally cooking them. We've seen Dylan Brooks do it a couple days ago. Um, we've seen Sfee do it the other night. It's just shooting guards just get their wide open jumpers here. So uh, Beal will definitely be in my player pool. Uh, you know, we talk about the front court. We got Bertans and Hachimura. Bertans was pretty hot the other night. Played well. Uh, he's a little bit of an up and down type player. This is a fair matchup, though. This is not going to knock him. I just don't think that we're going to get another nine of fourteen. And listen, the guy shot eight of ten from deep. I do not expect him to shoot 8 of 10 from deep. I expect him to shoot close to 10 threes. Don't get me wrong. He does that pretty often. But to nail 8 of them is pretty tough. Um, I'll probably leave him for somebody else in that, in that kind of respect. Uh, Hachimura definitely in play at 5,300. I think he's a guy that we could trust now. It's just the role, the minutes. Everything seems to be pretty safe and secure for him. It looks like they're not, the team's not going to push Thomas Bryant after he came off of that stress fracture in his, I believe it was his left foot. Uh, not something that you generally want to mess with. We've seen guys have their whole seasons derailed by. I mean, it's not like Washington's really doing much this year anyway. Uh, but it's not something that they want to take a chance with. We saw him kind of get his minutes ramped up when he got back last time. And then he started to get sore. So for me, it's going to be mostly uh, Bradley Beal, uh, a little bit of Hachimura. Don't mind Napier in this one, but just understand he's basically chopping the minutes up with Ishmith right down the middle. That really, really impacts uh, both these guys' ceilings. And that's what I'm looking for in tournaments. I mean, maybe they make fair cash game plays, but I don't know if they have the ceiling to get it done for me in this one. So I'll probably leave them there. So I guess uh, it's really just Beal and Hachimura for me. And then over there on the Sacramento side of the ball, it's a little different. I think that we definitely have some guys that we could target in this one. Uh, De'Aaron Fox, uh, more than a rock-solid play. He's been dealing with some uh, abdominal soreness. So that's something that you know is going to limit his minutes. I don't think that we're going to see that 35 to 38-minute workload from him. And that means a lot, really. I mean, 32, 33, 32, 33. 
34, 31. He's been playing right around those low 30s over the past uh, four or five games or so. And as long as he's dealing with abdominal soreness, you know, it's, he's probable. So it's not enough to really hinder him from playing, but it's something to, to kind of monitor. I think he's very much in play. Uh, I'm not going to eliminate him out of my player pool. If, if he's walking in this game with no soreness, AK, I'd have a ton of interest in him. Again, we're not going to have a lot of guys that we're really looking to just jump off the page and spend up on. So he's there for me, um, and I'll use him if, if I need to. Belicia, another guy, I was on him in that last game. I played him all over the place. You know, didn't really come out here and light the world on fire. Really struggled, actually, uh, defensively against you know Christian Wood and, and John Henson. These guys were just kind of toying with him. But I think this is a good bounce back, kind of get right game for him. Uh, he's 6K, you're paying for him, but he dropped 31 DK points in 29 minutes, so a little bit over a point per minute. So if we're getting that, we should be able to get our 5X return from him. All right, you can use him in cash and GPP. And then on the wing, I think we might see uh, a decent Kent Bazemore game. Uh, you know, 31, 29, 18, 31 minutes over the past four games. Those are viable minute workloads. Obviously, he's only GPP viable. You can't trust him in cash. We've seen the floor too many times. Uh, 14 points in that last one. That will burn you very quickly. So if you're building multiple lineups, I'll keep them in there. Just because I always know whenever I play baseball, I'm getting that 35 to 40 point upside at next to no ownership. But I also know I'm taking a big fat risk involved in that one too. It generally uh, doesn't always pay off. And I want to I wanted to talk about one thing, and that's Alex Len. So uh, with the struggles that came with Belitza in the paint, I think the Kings kind of recognized and noticed something that they are going to continue to get abused there if they don't do something about it. Alex Len played 28 minutes against Detroit. Uh, if we know for some reason he's going to like maybe start or he's going to you know continue splitting some decent minutes with Harry Giles, I don't mind looking at Len at that price tag. I prefer him over Harry Giles, actually. So uh, it's just who gets the minutes, I don't know. But, I mean, they traded for the guy. Maybe they want to see what they got for him in this last stretch of the season. So, fair price tag. Great matchup. 4300 Tournament play. Can't trust him in cash. So, there it is. That is our Sacramento-Washington game. Won't be going to too much Buddy Heald or Harrison Barnes. Uh, you know, Giles and Bogdanovich, I think, are solid plays. Just not ones that are popping off the page for me. Last game of the night, we have the Sixers traveling to L.A. to take on the Lakers. This game has a massive spread as well. Uh, you know, total not yet released, but the Lakers are being favored by 13 and a half points, and that should come as no surprise, you know, given the fact of all the injuries that the Sixers are dealing with. So with that being said, I don't really want to play anybody from the Sixers. Uh, if you're scripting it to maybe they keep it close, kind of like what they did with the Clippers for a little while, uh, I can see it. And I don't expect Shake Milton to come out there and shoot like that again. He's priced up now 6300 from his 5200 price tag. Shot 7-9 from deep, 14-20 overall in the night, and blew up. He's been playing well over the past few games. I just don't know if it's going to be there. Uh, for him on this one, uh, I'll keep him in my player pool from now. I'm not going to cross him out, but I will cross out guys like Tobias Harris at 8200. I'm not going to play him. Al Horford, I think, is okay play at 7K. I think you can see a 5X probably at max. I don't see a big, huge ceiling game from him in this one. Uh, it's just tough going against that interior over there in LA with Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee, Anthony Davis, a lot of tough guys that you have to worry about. So uh, I'm not going to go overboard on him, but 7K is a fair price tag. Uh, and I, I don't think I trust too many of these ancillary pieces as far as like, you know, your Alec Burks, uh, maybe he gets a few extra run. Josh Richardson's already been rolled out. So that's the, you know, with the concussion system, we, those minutes are going to go to Robinson. They're going to go to Burks. They're going to, you know, Milton's already getting his, that's besides the point with, uh, with Simmons out. So keep an eye on one of those guys. 
I think Burks would be my, my favorite of the options. I'd especially like him if this game gets out of hand. I could see him getting some extra four, fourth quarter run. Uh, it could even be Thibel that ends up starting. So I honestly don't want the sword. I want the guy coming off the bench that's going to get all the bench usage and then also get that garbage time run. So I think that will be Burks, and he'd probably be my, fi- my favorite tournament option. Definitely not cash on the Philly side of the ball. And then looking over there at LA, we're going to have to monitor this Anthony Davis news. Uh, you know, obviously he's listed as questionable, sat out that last one after he said he was going to play. So just goes to show you, Anthony Davis still doesn't know how his body is. Uh, LeBron James would now have to be an option at 11-4. Do I love it? I don't love the price boost. I love the usage that he'll get. But how much are they going to need from him against a uh, Bede and Ben Simmons less uh, Philly team? I'd be looking at more of the ancillary pieces. Your Kyle Kuzma's, uh, he should end up drawing the start again if, if Davis is unable to go. If Davis is playing, probably don't have a lot of interest in him. Markeith Morris, uh, I think that he's another solid option. You know, play decent minutes coming off the bench uh, with Davis out in that last one. Nothing too special, only 15 minutes, but was able to put up 19 DK points. He's a guy that I could see getting a couple extra minutes if this game gets out of hand, so I don't mind either one of those guys. Uh, and I think that's uh, probably about it. I mean... There's no one else I'm really generally looking for over there on L.A. anyway. They, we kind of know where the usage is going. I don't like the crapshoot, the roulette wheel with all those wings. So I'll leave I'll leave my player pool with just uh, Kuzma, James, and uh, maybe a little bit of Marquise. If you want to take a shot on one of those other guys, I, I really don't mind. But I'm not going to be going overboard on them. Alrighty, guys, that is it. That is all I have for you. A nice little seven-game slate, 48 minutes. So I thought it was going to go quicker. It didn't go that quick. Kind of touched on a lot of players. But again, not following. If you haven't rated and reviewed, uh, please do so. It means a lot to us over here at Hoopball. Uh, kind of shows that our hard work is leading somewhere. So we, we do really appreciate that. You can find me at Patria. M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. You can find Andrew at Language Olympic, L-A-N-G-U-A-G-E-O-L-Y-M-P-I-C. And you can find Miles at Miles6565. Uh, you guys know the sponsors. They're fantastic. MyBookie.ag, Hawaiian Alice Kona Coffee. We'll be back tomorrow. I believe Andrew will be on. He might be on with Miles. He might be on without Miles. I'm not too sure who's kind of running with that one. But they will be back to bring the heat for that uh, Wednesday, March 4th slate. And, uh, you know, any closing words for me? I would say good luck. Have fun, guys. I'm looking forward. This should be an interesting slate. It's going to be one that you're going to have to take a stance on with a lot of these games. So um, let's hope that we take the right stance. And uh, if you have it already, you can go check us out uh, over there in our forums. We're on there. If you're not following uh, Hoopball Gaming, you should be. Uh, There's a lot of avenues to Hoopball where we provide some little extra value. And if you're really, really struggling and and you're wondering, you know, what do these guys' lineups look like? You can go check us out over on DFS Coach Talk as well. It's a little bit more of a, a deeper DFS dive where if those are, you know, whether you're willing to pay weekly, monthly, we do a subscription fee where every single night we're loading up a GPP. And like you could pivot off of certain players, uh, really take advantage of what we're thinking minutes before the slate locks and uh, also got us going on Discord over there. So a lot of fun things are in and going on towards the second half of this NBA season. And just a uh, you know, big shout-out to everybody that's involved in it. Uh, and I just want to give a big shout-out to Dan Bespris, man, uh, expecting his little baby in a month. So Dan's been always grinding, a uh, really good buddy of mine. You know, me and Dan, we talk off the air all the time. 
very invested into each other's families. Uh, I, there's not a nicer guy out there that I want to see succeed and have a happy life than Dan Bespris. So, uh, you know, maybe you're not following him because you are just a degenerate on DFS, but he's loaded with NBA knowledge. I highly recommend checking him out at Dan Bespris. So uh, we will catch you guys tomorrow. Good luck and let's crush it. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.